0: Ask my mom, she'll tell you. I'm a terrible liar. From the first time she caught me shoplifting a pack of Juicy Fruit at Woolworth's when I was five, she knew. You were holding it under your skirt, staring up at me with those big brown eyes, she'd say, as if I couldn't see you were hiding something. It's Friday Night Football, the fall of 1977. A preseason scrimmage to get everyone psyched to go back to school. I'm just three days away from becoming a sophomore at Albany High. Go Cougars! <laughs> We're playing a team from Concord or Piedmont or one of the other East Bay suburban high schools we thought was bunk. I'm in the stands with my friend Lindsay. She has long blonde hair, she flips a lot, and wears jeans so tight she lays on her bed to zip them up. Her hips whip side to side when she walks. She's a riot. (laughs) As soon as the game's over, we ditch the football stands and meet up with Tanya and Jasmine from the varsity cheer squad. We find a a secluded place in the baseball bleachers. There's not a lot of time. Someone, maybe me, pulls out a joint and offers it to Tanya. She's the alpha female of the school tall, black, and beautiful, with an afro big enough to frame her face, but not so big as to wiggle when she does her cheers. Tanya takes a hit, holds it. Good stuff. Lindsay elbows me. I elbow back. We're getting high with seniors. (laughs) Drop it, says Jasmine. Someone's coming. The sound of heavy boots (sighs) clang on the metal benches. Fee-fi-fo-fum, we freeze from the waist up. Below, four sets of sneakers try to kick the joint away, like a frantic centipede playing soccer. (laughs) A flashlight scans the bleachers and lands on us, busted. Albany was a small town nestled north of Berkeley, California, close enough to San Francisco to reap the benefits of cultural diversity and liberal politics but small enough to have only one library, one high school, and one vice principal, aptly named Mr. Savage. (laughs) There he was, looming over us, like a bald grizzly bear stuffed into polyester pants. (laughs) He found the joint with ease and waved it in front of our faces, as if by some miracle this might be the one time in history a teenager caught red-handed would confess. (laughs) He made us empty our pockets and confiscated a matchbook I had in my purse. That's not mine, I declared. (laughs) Mr. Savage cut me off, which is probably best. The matchbox had roaches in it. Not cockroaches, the other kind. (laughs) That asshole wouldn't even let me explain, I told my mother later that night, playing on her disdain for the patriarchy. (laughs) I was holding it for someone. Who, she asked, lips pursed, eyes icy. I'd rather not say. (laughs) We're in the kitchen. Mom was tired. She hadn't planned on raising two girls on her own, but that's what happened. Mom was tough. She once got a job with street maintenance, operating a backhoe, just because some chauvinist piglet at City Hall told her those jobs weren't for women. But she was fragile, too. She had a nervous breakdown in the 60s and had been in and out of therapy ever since, finally becoming a therapist herself. Jungian, Freudian, neuro-linguistic programming, AKA NLP, you name it. I didn't want to lie to her but I had to. Who, she repeated. Reggie. She scanned me for tells. She knew them all, but so did I. I'd been fine-tuning my tells for a couple years now, exaggerating the darting eyes, shallow breathing, and quivering lower lip when telling a little lie, making Mom think she could read me so I'd be ready if I had to lie about something important like this. I evoked a little NLP trick I learned from one of her books. Looking up and to the left, as if recalling a memory. I I waited a beat, took a breath, and looked her straight in the eyes. Reggie asked me to hold it for him. My daughter, my daughter says it isn't hers and I believe her," she told the principal Monday morning in his office. Principal Walker was a grilled cheese sandwich on white bread kind of a man. He sat calmly behind his desk like Mr. Rogers in a suit, while Mr. Savage hovered as if he didn't even know how to use a chair. Reggie, Savage smirked, that's mighty convenient. Reggie was a known drug dealer. His family moved to Richmond over the summer. He didn't go to Albany High School anymore. Mom trained her her eyes on Mr. Savage like a sniper. I don't appreciate your attitude. I swelled with pride, admiration, and shame. The pot wasn't Reggie's. It was my dad's. I stayed with my dad in L.A. a couple weeks every summer by court order. He lived in a dank bungalow in Silver Lake with a lanky blonde named Kitty. Kitty was my stepmother at the time, but that wouldn't last. My dad grew weed all over town, Topanga Canyon, a rich lady's backyard in Brentwood, terracotta pots on his deck before a neighbor ratted him out. He'd grown it in the hills behind our home in Laurel Canyon when my folks were together. It didn't cause their divorce, but it factored in. My mom didn't think selling dope counted as having a job. <laughs> Kitty drove an MG convertible and smoked low, low tar merit, merit cigarettes because she was trying to quit. That su- summer, Dad had a good harvest and there were garbage bags full of weed in the basement where my sister and I slept. I asked Kitty if she thought Jim would mind if I took some home, for a friend. <laughs> Probably not, she replied. But he doesn't need to know. Kitty loved conspiracies. <laughs> she put a couple buds in a baggie and told me to stash it. Whoops! She she put a couple bags, a couple buds in a baggie and told me to stash it in a roll of socks for the plane. <laughs> then she asked me if I wanted to hit a coke. No way, I was, I was only 15, and I wasn't a druggie. I was a good student, solid A minus, B plus, but Mr. Savage glared at me like I was a total burnout. Mom and I ignored him, making our case directly to the principal. He was totally buying it. Then Savage had to remind him, rules are rules. I got suspended for the first three days of my sophomore year. Ouch. I hated lying to my mom, but it was a calculated misdirection. (laughs) If she knew the pot was my dad's and that his new wife had given it to me, she'd go ballistic. My parents would be back in court fighting over custody, child support, visitation rights. It would have been an all-out war. I couldn't do that to my family. Our wounds had barely begun to heal. It took me 40 years to come clean to my mom. By then she'd forgotten the whole thing. Despite my apparent natural aptitude for deception, dishonesty is repugnant to me. I can't stand to be lied to. And I try really hard not to lie. So please don't ask me my age. (laughs) It's not easy, given my work involves politics the natural habitat of duplicity, and boardrooms where message manipulation is the native tongue. But in the end, I believe real power, and the harder task, is simply telling the truth.